Spring is in full swing, and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool, or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33. Beach. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. Story Jumpers, welcome to another exciting episode of your favorite storytelling podcast. Are you ready to hear another great story? Of course, that's why you're a Story Jumper. Alien Invasion is about the life of Elias, an 11 year old boy looking for adventure in his ordinary life. He and his pet rabbit encounter a strange man in their home wearing a gas mask. Elias and his rabbit are telepathic and determine this man is an alien from outer space. Elias' mother insists that the alien is actually his dad. Afraid that this alien will take his dad's place and win the affection of his mother, Elias enlists the help of his best friend to blast the alien back to outer space. Elias and Timmy set traps around the house and try to get rid of the alien. Unfortunately, his father gains many bumps and bruises along the way. Poor guy. Enjoy this reading of Alien Invasion by Elias Mask, who is a 12-year-old author that loves to encourage young kids to read and write. He has a 154 IQ and has won several awards. The mayor gave him the keys to the city of Nettleton, and his first book comes out in October. Oh, and Elias wears a fedora hat everywhere he goes. He has over 4,000 followers on Instagram. You can find him at E-L-I-A-S dot M-A-S-K. Chapter 1. A Stiggy Situation What had I gotten myself into? Do I really need this fusion core? My panicked mind raced as I tried to come up with a plan. I need to get to my portal. This was certainly a sticky situation. As the creature got closer, I readied my last flashbang, put on my goggles, and prepared myself. I took shelter behind a tree as I waited for the creature's next move. It grew eerily quiet before the beast leapt with lightning speeds, emitting a loud thump as it ascended. I jumped back, pulled the flashbang pin, and threw the active explosive. The flashbang detonated, followed by my ears ringing. The creature let out a deafening roar and I raced for the portal, discarding my goggles because they were beginning to obscure my vision. The beast's thunderous footsteps got closer and closer as it gained on me. The more I ran, the closer the beast got. I grew progressively tired, my stamina was waning fast. The soft hum of the portal sounded faintly in the distance. The footsteps were now less than a few feet behind me, and I could hear the creature breathing heavily. Up ahead, the portal glowed a very bright blue and gave off a soft whir. I jumped through, sighed with relief, relaxed, and quickly disabled the portal before the beast could enter. At last, I had reached the safety of my fortress. My fortress had everything I could ever need. Well, except one thing, but I'll explain that later. I removed my helmet, knowing I had reached my destination. Still tingling with adrenaline, I took off my thermal protection, attached my armor to the charging dock, and put down my interface device. 
The clock read 7.34, which marked the second part of my mission and also explained my exhaustion. Remember when I said my fortress was only missing one thing? The thing I needed was at least half a container full of a specific bitter black potion to stay awake long enough to finish my mission. I now had to make a trip to the nourishment center below me with Snowball, my telepathically linked rabbit who hopped beside me with a big smile. I am delighted to see you still in one piece, she said. I'd never regret linking my companion's mind with mine to further improve her capabilities and allow us to communicate. I started my nourishment operation by putting my ear to the ground and listening for footsteps. It was so quiet you could hear a pin drop three rooms away. Perfect. I silently opened the portal to the upstairs hallway and we snuck downstairs toward the nourishment center. I was halfway to the destination when I heard a door open. I gently picked up Snowball and ran in the opposite direction, almost out of pure instinct. I didn't know where I was going, but I did know where I wasn't going. In my panic, I ran into the waste disposal room and closed the door. My heart raced as the thuds of heavy footsteps came toward me. I waited for what felt like centuries in pure panic, listening to muffled sounds of what appeared to be someone assembling a late-night dose of sustenance. I sat motionless until the footsteps retreated. I was no stranger to tricks, so I waited an extra ten seconds to ensure that they weren't just trying to trick me into coming out from hiding. I slowly opened the door in a way I knew wouldn't make it creak, just wide enough for me and Snowball to squeeze out of it, then closed it as quietly and as carefully as I had opened it. With adrenaline pumping, I thought of preparing the bitter black liquid many adults consume and often claim helps them regain energy. It was perfect for the situation, but not without risks. For unknown reasons, my higher-ups scarcely allow me to consume it, so I had to be sneaky about how I obtained it. I tiptoed back into the nourishment center as Snowball silently hopped beside me, and we were finally able to continue our mission. I started by heating the water necessary for the bitter brew. While it heated, I chose a worthy metal container with a button that opened a hatch at the top, allowing you to access its contents. I put in the necessary ingredients. It seemed to be going smoothly, until I heard the door creak open again. With adrenaline and overdrive and fatigue clouding my judgment, I decided to withdraw what little of the bitter liquid I had concocted. I hastily poured the liquid from the brewer into the container I had chosen and stuffed it into my pocket. I ran as fast as I could towards the stairs. Halfway up, I remembered I still had to take Snowball back to her house before completing the mission. I had a rather limited amount of time to pull this off, and going back and forth would be very time-consuming. Change of plans, I whispered to Snowball. I crouched down, gently scooping up Snowball, and sprinted towards her sleeping quarters. I was sure to keep my head down to avoid being spotted by whoever or whatever was in the nourishment center. To make things even worse, in between Snowball's quarters and me was a door, which was notorious for being unnaturally loud. I ground to a halt and was forced to spend the next few minutes carefully opening the door. I managed to crack it open just barely enough for Snowball and me to fit through. However, while squeezing through the door, I overestimated my abilities and bumped it, causing it to emit a loud creak. My heart sank. By this point, being quiet was no longer an option. I had most likely been spotted. If I can just make it back to my main base in time, I might be able to make up for my lack of stealth with speed. I quickly shut the door, causing it to creak louder than before. This would have spelled doom for me if I hadn't had the necessary speed to evade whatever danger I had just entered into. Luckily for me, speed was one of my strong suits, and adrenaline only amplified it. 
I made it back to the staircase in record time. However, when I was inches away from the stairs, I heard another door creaking open behind me. I couldn't turn fast enough on the landing of stairs. I had to grab a knob on the handrail in order to slow down enough to prevent my obliteration via hitting the wall. Having barely reached my fortress before being spotted, I opened the portal and walked through, quickly closing it once I had entered. Now, within the safety of my fortress, I retrieved the container from my rather large pockets and checked it to make sure the liquid was drinkable. A quick sniff showed that it was indeed as bitter, yet inviting, as ever. That was far closer than I would have wished for it to be. I sipped the energizing potion, which made my hair stand up. I had brief peace of mind, thinking my mission was complete, but suddenly remembered why I needed to stay awake. My top priority suddenly shifted to replacing the unstable fusion core. I picked up my interface device, pulled the core out of my satchel, and ran a quick test to determine its stability. The results showed it was HIGHLY unstable. Minutes later, having finished the container of bitter liquid, I grew more alert. I prepared to install the fusion core I'd retrieved while on my previous quest. I approached the reactor and unlocked the door with a combination. Doing my best to keep calm, I flung open the door, aware the current fusion core was about to burst. I'd done this so many times I could practically do it blindfolded, although I almost forgot to turn on the radiation filter so I wouldn't lose any stem cells. Everybody knows stem cells are important for your health, so I didn't want to lose them. The reactor opened. The old core shimmered with hints of bright purple, which is bad for fusion cells, especially with this specific experimental type of reactor. The reactor alarm startled me, but I needed to keep working. I heard the warning announcement, radiation leak imminent. The old unit's hints of purple glowed brighter, which meant I had to hurry. I swiftly removed the fusion core. Without missing a beat, I installed the new core. When the alarm stopped, I could finally relax. The mission was going well, until I heard creaking on the nearby stairs, which could only mean one thing. I quickly closed my interface device, mere seconds before Mom opened my bedroom door. In a panic, I shoved the container under my bed. Mom leaned into my room. I think you've played enough video games for the night. I just turned it off, I replied, nervous that she'd seen me earlier. She smiled. And be sure to put Snowball back in her house before you go to bed. I already did. Okay, good night. Good night. My parents were none the wiser. Story jumpers! Have you ever heard of a telepathic bunny? I can think of a number of pets that I would love to have that connection with. Today, we're going to get to connect with the author of Alien Invasion, Elias Mask. Elias, how are you? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on today. Thank you for joining us. I'm so happy to have you here. And um, now, Elias, I understand that there's this very unique trait about you that probably a lot of kids wouldn't know unless they got to meet you face to face. You wear a fedora hat almost everywhere you go. The audience probably can't see it, but I'm wearing one right now. Yes, you are. It's very sharp. Trust me, this is a cool hat. So what is it with the fedoras? Why do you wear them? What, what, can you describe what a fedora is for our audience? I don't know how to describe the hat specifically, but I can explain why I wear them. So it started a while back when I was really little. I used to wear a specific type of hat. I forgot what they were called. And then eventually I saw a fedora. And it just kind of stuck with me <laughs> since I was like really little, like about seven ish, I'd say somewhere around then. No kidding. That's pretty cool. Well, that is a signature outfit piece. So I, I hope you keep that up. That's pretty neat. So tell me, Elias, 
How did you come up with the idea for the story Alien Invasion? Well, I got it from, uh, I, well, generally just the stuff I did as like a little kid because I grew up as an only child, so I didn't really have any like siblings to try and entertain me. So what I would do is I would just find like interesting things and kind of imaginary things out of boring regular things, such as like, oh, going to the supermarket? Oh, I'm on a, a secret mission to try and obtain supplies. Just that kind of stuff. That's a clever idea. That's a neat way to turn your everyday world into something fantastic and amazing, isn't it? So far, it's been pretty entertaining. <laughs> okay. All right. Serious question. Does Snowball the Rabbit go along on all these adventures willingly? Yes. Really? Well, he's a pretty brave rabbit. A uh, funny story. Snowball is actually based off of one of my rabbits, who is also named Snowball. Bunnies are great. They can be a lot of fun, but um, man, uh, sometimes they can be ornery too. Do you, you ever have that experience with Snowball? Eh, rarely, but every now and then. Good, good. <laughs> okay, so if Snowball is real, that brings me to my next question. Is the technology an alien invasion based on real science, or is it all imaginary? Uh, a little bit of both. I, I based the imaginary stuff off of kind of real things, so it seems a little bit believable. But for the most part, it's like pretend. Okay, cool. Yeah, I noticed while I was listening that like you would refer to a portal. That was a door, right? So yeah. that's a cool way to bring it to a sci-fi world. And then I loved how you called it the nourishment center. Or a kitchen, I mean. Yeah, the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, do you enjoy drinking coffee in real life? Eh, I prefer water, but every now and then I might need some. Okay, so that that was my follow-up question. Are you actually allowed to drink coffee by your parents? Not at all. No. <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, my daughter loves to help. My daughter and my son both love to help make my coffee. And so far, my daughter will drink a little bit of it now and then. But I don't, I don't let her drink a lot. <laughs> well, um, maybe you could give us a hint about what the character Elias will do in future parts of this of this story, or maybe some of the problems that he'll face. I don't want to reveal too much of the like future plots, but as he defeats one villain, another arises, and so on and so forth. Okay. Do you have more adventures planned for Elias, like maybe a whole series? Actually, yes. Several. <laughs> Even a couple spinoffs here and there. Well, that sounds pretty cool. What are some of your rough ideas for the series? Well, one of them I was planning on being uh, a book centered around Snowball as opposed to Elias through the viewpoint of like a rabbit, and that one being called The Rabbit Files. And another one is called The Extraordinary, where it's him, but in an alternate dimension. There's like 10 times more action. That sounds really cool. Another dimension? What do you mean? Basically, canonically, there's like alternate dimensions, and one of them is this dimension, which... Basically, there's three base ones for now, that being the Extraordinary, the book, the uh, Unordinary, the other book, and then the Ordinary, which is the real-life me. That is a big imagination. That is really cool. So let me ask, when did you start writing? It started like a really long time ago, technically, back when uh, I was about six or seven. No, definitely seven. I uh, first learned to write, and then I started making a comic book, which very basic. It wasn't too, like, you know good or anything but it started then and then sometime at around sixth grade i joined a creative writing club and from there i started writing and then it came to where it is today that's really cool why why do you think you started writing in the first place 
Uh, I just kind of found it fun to create my own stories and just generally kind of as a way to entertain myself as well as make a cool little story here and there. And so far, how many how many books or how many stories have you written? Well, about eight, seven or eight. Really? That's wonderful. Um, I think some of our story jumpers might be interested to know, uh, you know, they love to hear stories. They love to listen to or read stories. But some of them might think that they could be a writer one day. And I think that you could be a big inspiration toward that. Do you have a writing process that helps you to complete a book? Well, it depends on if it's whether the it depends on whether it's the first book in the series or if you've already established a first one. If it's the first one, I recommend it really take your time, draw it like a rough draft of what you want it to be, like with the chapters. It could be as simple as chapter one and then you put a few words to describe what happens in it, chapter two, so on and so forth. Or it could be a complex description of what you want to happen with the plot, like kind of thought out, like like a timeline going on. It really just depends. And also another thing is uh, be yourself. And also, uh, yeah, be sure to practice daily, if you can, you know. That generally helps with making it improve over time. Practice writing daily. Yeah, that's a really good one. That's a big one. Yeah. So what was it like working through the publishing process, which can sometimes be very long and have a lot of different elements to it? Well, one of the most uh, important things I've found in it is patience. Because ultimately, if I just stayed patient, it would it turn out better. Uh, there's been a lots of there's been lots of edits through it, uh, and I really like each edit because I feel like it gets better and better each time I redo it. So generally, just patience has been a pretty big thing here. But yeah, it's been pretty fun. Cool. That can be a tough trait to learn. Believe me, I I struggle with patience. So if you've mastered that, you're well ahead of a lot of people. <laughs> All right, so the story jumpers hear a different story, you know, every episode, and you've got to think that you know they've got some of their own favorite authors or their own favorite books. Who are some of your favorite authors and favorite books that you'd recommend? Well, generally, there's lots of them, or lots of them I like, but one of them. This is about to sound a little weird, but uh, one of them I really like is Doctor Seuss. I feel like he did a really cool thing, specifically uh, Green Eggs and Ham. That one's a Basically, uh, one thing I find really interesting about it is that he managed to do that with exactly 50 words. He was told specifically he had to write like a book with 50 words exactly, and he did. And that was something I found kind of interesting. I never knew that. That is interesting. So he could only use 50 words, and I guess they were 50 words interchangeable because there's a lot more than yeah. 50 uh, words. That's really neat. I had no idea. That's pretty cool. Well, thanks for sharing that little tidbit with all of us. That's that's really cool. Well, Elias, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for sharing Alien Invasion with the Story Jumpers. It was a pleasure to listen to, and I'm glad that we got to sit down and chat with you about your writing and some of the plans that you have for your characters going forward. I think I might like to find out more about Snowball's adventures next. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, I greatly appreciate you, you know, putting me on a podcast and all. Well, you're welcome. And maybe if uh, you continue to write more stories, you'll be another guest another time. How's that sound? That sounds, that actually sounds pretty fun. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, we'll be in touch. Thanks, Elias. Thanks. Elias Mask started writing when he was nine. As an only child, he makes great effort to entertain himself and lead an extraordinary life. His main goal in writing is to inspire other kids to read and write, 
be the best versions of themselves and to follow their dreams. With an IQ of 154, Elias is certainly living an extraordinary life. He was recognized by the mayor's office and Community Development Foundation for his achievements and academic excellence. In addition to being an honor roll student in the gifted program, he is in the creative writing club, on the archery team, and member of the chess club. Elias also loves Legos, computer coding, and creating stop-motion videos. He does have a rabbit named Snowball and a blind cat named Timmy. You will find him wearing his signature fedora wherever he goes. Learn more about Elias's books when you visit his webpage at charliesport.org. <laughs>